Holly. I'm Emily. I'm Deanna. And this is Confessions of a Farm Wife. Well, good day to you all. We're still frozen. Polar vortex. It's never going to end. Winter is never going to end here in the heartland. That's what I've been calling us lately because we're in the heart of Illinois. So I feel like we can call it the heartland. No, Katie Pinky's got the prairie. We don't have anything like that. So I'm like, we're going to do the heartland. How do you feel about that? I love it. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, but you, Miss Spangler, have been, or Mrs. Spangler, I should say. (laughs) You've been gone the whole month of January because you have been traveling to fancy places and doing fun things. Yeah. Fancy, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had my big week of travel here in January that I knew was coming up and, um, went to American Farm Bureau Federation annual meeting convention, they call it now, in San Antonio, Texas one weekend, and then came home from that sick, which I wouldn't recommend. And then I was at home for a few days, and Nathan had his ninth birthday, and then I left again on Friday for um, Aberdeen, South Dakota. Spot. <laughs> because everybody goes, yes, everybody goes to South Dakota in January. Heck yeah. <laughs> they, um, they'd asked me, gosh, like last spring probably to come and speak to their South Dakota Young Farmers and Ranchers meeting based on a column I did about, you know, farm wife stuff balancing. It was a letter to a young farm wife was what it's called. And Oh, I like that one. Well, they did too, apparently. Good for <laughs> so, you. Oh, it's yeah. good. I love that one, too. The quote that you put in there, I'm going to misquote it, but the one where you say you'll never regret if you choose your family or yeah. your farm over anything else. Yeah. I look at that every day because I have it in my, like, in my, you know how you open Gmail and they yeah. have, like, where you can put, like, a little status? Yeah. That has been that ever since you wrote that article. I don't know. I just really like. Awesome. Yes. Because you rock at writing and everything else. I was just quoting someone else. So that was that was Marilyn Rosenboom, you know, master farmer, farm wife mm. that said, "You, won't, how did she say that? You won't, you won't regret it if you put your farm and your family first. Yeah. You know, when you at the end of the day, when you're trying to figure out how to balance all the stuff. So that's what I was going to Aberdeen for was to, I gave like an hour workshop on basically expanding on that and talking about real life mm-hmm. and with photos from you guys <laughs> which was hilarious they loved that our real life photos of our mudrooms and did you tell them the story about me yelling at you uh, as you came I didn't in I didn't I was a little short on time we kind of got started oh, later good. And well that's good you were nervous about filling your time yeah I had plenty of time and it all worked out good it all worked out very well I should say I had plenty to say it all worked out fine but and then we had a panel at the end of the day where they brought in like some um oh you know just kind of prominent it sounded like south dakota farmers who had transitioned the farm to their sons oh cool and then had like an ag lawyer and an ag um, banker who mm-hmm. came from a family who had lost their farm in the 80s oh, and talked about how he got into banking he, he wanted to be an ag loan officer so he could help people not have to go through that again wow yeah it was a pretty powerful story and then there was me <laughs> you know? so oh. i was sort of just the token i think because i was there you flew all the way <laughs> yeah I flew all the way to south dakota <laughs> But it was fascinating, and it was the second panel that I had sat in on during that those two travel trips, where there were you know this type, kind of master farmer type guys sitting up and talking about this coming time period yeah. of lower prices, four dollar corn, Ooh. maybe less than four dollar corn, mm-hmm. and comparing it to the eighties and what you know they're forecasting, you know that we would see some bankruptcies and we're going to see people who are just 
too highly leveraged who are going to run out of cash is kind of the, the message there. I talked to Joe about I read I read her blog, Holly's blog, and um, kind of freaked myself out because, you know, we're living pretty comfortably in basically one income. You know, I have a supplemental income, but it's not a huge one being just part-time, but you know, we have four kids that are going to probably need braces and four kids who are definitely going to need to go to college and wear shoes and whatever. And I, I read that and I said, now tell me about this. Cause you know, I didn't, you say that the guy said all wives need to go to the banker with yeah. their husband. And yeah. you know, I, I feel very blessed. And I actually texted Holly this, <laughs> that I am so thankful. I live with a fiscally responsible person. Cause I do curse him when I see people rolling out, you know, fancy trips or whatever. And we are, we have been very diligent about, we can't do that right now. You know, we just right. we can't do it it's right now. It's not the time. Yeah. It's fine. But you do see, I mean, we have friends. We see friends who have made great money in agriculture, specifically grain farming. And you just hope that in five years that those friends who have done well and also spent well mm-hmm. are going to be yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of one of the presentations I sat in on at AFBF was this guy you referred to. It's Matt Roberts. Mm-hmm. He's a ag economist at Ohio State. Okay. And he was the one that talked about you know he was quoting some banker that he knew that said you know in the eighties all these farm wives always came in with their husbands you know mm-hmm. to meet with them and now he didn't even know most of the wives of his mm-hmm. under forty and I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I don't agree with that. We I know our banker. I know and and it's not so much that we don't go because we don't care. It's that mm-hmm. we're either working or the kids are napping exactly. or there's something going on and it's you know when John gets home from those kind of meetings we always sit down and go through everything okay. and talk about it. So. Right. It's not that we're uninvolved. We're just, I think, busy in a different way. And yeah. I don't think every 80s farm wife <laughs> was there either. I mean, I wrote a, my column in um, what is coming up here? Mm-hmm. February, let's say, um, was about that. That You know, there are real stories of women who found out about their bankruptcy in the paper. <laughs> you know? Can you imagine? No. I mean, I... No but I can name three or four friends mm-hmm. right off the top of my head that that would happen to. I mean, right. I really can. And that makes me very sad. Know. They just don't know. And, yeah. and I was one of those starting off, I think that I was like, yeah. eh, we're fine. As long as it's rolling in and I'm able to go to the grocery store and we're fine. But like, I think now, I mean, I think that you is the point. Well, and that, but I think that's the point of advocacy is yeah. that you have to become learned in order to go out and, and sit in panels or whatever. You have to yeah. be able to say, instead of like, well, I don't know. I mean, that only get, gets you so far and is so cute for so long. I mean, you don't want to sit up there and be like a moron, you know? Right. So, well, anyway. we do. And like, it's hard for me sometimes to look at it because, you know, you see your neighbors. It's it's like neighbor envy. They're it like, totally they're is neighbor doing, envy. Right? <laughs> but Brain's like, we just can't do that right now. We're just starting out. And, you right. know, I think I told you both this when we first got married and took over because Steve was retiring, my father-in-law. I looked at Brayden before I signed the paper and I said, you better make this work because this is a lot of money yes. and I'm working full time and that's great. Right. But you know what no, I mean? I can't do any more to make this. You, right. you can't do any more no. than you are to make it right. happen. Right. I'm right. like, I'll sign my name. I don't know what that means. I'll right. help you in whatever way I can. Right. Right. When I'm not at work, I'm like, but you better mm-hmm. make right. this work. And he has. He's done great. Right. And sometimes I take it for granted, too. And I feel like a brat sometimes because I'm like, well, why can't we do that? But right. then I know that we just right. can't stop right now. Yeah. Well, and it's a first world problem, too. You know, right. what What my wah, wah is about is, you know, we'd love it's to It's not have about it. food on the table. It is not. And, yeah. and it could become. And that, that blog you wrote, I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I while we have a budget and Joe teases me because I stick to my 
budget at work so crazily and at home I'm like eh. <laughs> he's like you are it's somebody else's money we're fine but um I think about that that like you know we are so lucky in that mm-hmm. what yeah. we can't do is not the necessary things right it's, right it well and that's what the ag economists that you're hearing this winter talking are saying you know that uh, you know that that line on the on the you know balance sheet or whatever mm-hmm. for household spending is a lot higher than what it's ever been before. Right. And I just saw some numbers out of Nebraska farm family. You know they're kind of like their FBFM. Um, you know they were showing household spending being anywhere between seventy three thousand dollars and three hundred thirty thousand, which is an extreme mm-hmm. on an annual basis with an average of a hundred thousand dollars right now, which is a lot. You know to think about a farm family is living on that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. It is a lot. And it's... And I haven't seen the numbers for Illinois where that's at right now. It would be interesting to see those. I bet it's not too far off. No. Because you see the new trucks, the new SUVs, the The trips, the The boats, the toys, the snowmobiles. We have like $200 snowmobiles for reference. Like they're not (laughs) anything fancy. At the end of the year so we wouldn't (laughs) get taxed on it. I'm just saying, like we have nice things and first world problems. Right. First world problems. I'm working full time. But, you know, like, we vacation in Wisconsin because we don't have to pay for a hotel. We have, we're lucky that we've been blessed. And so, you know, it's just little things. And, you know, like, I look at some of the farm lives of friends, you know, like going home to visit. They went through the 80s and 90s. And I remember just this one in particular. She rewashed the tin foil oh, yeah. and would I save things. And, yeah, my and, and grandma. <laughs> you know, you just... And then I thought, man, we're just so lucky we don't have to do that. Well, and then and we haven't trickled down. The economy hasn't trickled down to us, I feel like, kind well, of, right? the ag economy generally runs counter to the general economy. Right. So when they're down, we're up. That's what we've had. That's what's happened. That's what we've had the last six years. And that's what this Matt Roberts had said. You know, we've been through six years of unprecedented prosperity in agriculture. And he had a great quote. Amen. He said... Um, you know, we've been through six years where any idiot, any idiot could have made money, and a lot of them did. <laughs> and that and was right? another part that was completely yes. true to me. And I just, and again, it's neighbor envy, and that's, you know, that's a something a good Christian should not be jealous, obviously. But it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to you take a step. You notice it at least. You notice it. And you know who those people are. Yeah. And- just and you just pray, and you just pray that it doesn't come crumbling down, and then it's going to trickle down and affect their kids and their marriage and their, you know, because you think a and lifestyle a dealer. Yes. I mean, that is not unheard of. Mm-hmm. You no, know, farmers took down banks. Yeah, <laughs> in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it can get ugly and yeah. fast for a community for yeah. sure. Well, it's expensive. We have a piece right. of equipment right now that is luckily under warranty, but the technician has been at our house for the past two weeks. They had to basically take this tractor apart and rebuild it. And, you know, back, I don't know, we just have terrible luck, but Braden's yeah. like, think this no, is so glad it's really under warranty. Really quickly. Yeah, it just adds yeah. up and it's still under warranty, thank goodness, because I'm like, I... I don't know. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm starting to open like the spring FS bill, and I'm like, oh. Oh, okay, don't panic, it'll be okay. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah it's but tricky. It is tricky. Well, yeah. And Roberts was talking about too. Um, the problem would be people who are highly leveraged, and you've got maybe ninety percent of your ground is cash rented, so you've got high land costs. You know, and and his advice was to have cash cash reserves for you know your your annual operating expenses plus a year's worth of your land costs on top of that 
that's a lot of money. You can start. And especially if you're if if you're starting if you're, out. Yeah, if you're cash renting a lot or you know your actual owned land is not a great amount, mm-hmm. that's a that's a lot of money. So what about the farmers that are all I mean, they own they don't own, but they rent a lot of grounds tens of thousands of acres. What do they do? I mean, are they I don't know. That's a question. I think it probably depends trouble. on what their cash reserves are like. Yeah. You know, when you it, hope that they're saving. Right. And, you know, who knows what will happen with cash rents. Right. You know, that's you don't even want to say those numbers out loud because people get upset. You know, if we print right. any cash rent figure, oh, my goodness, we get really. Letters. Oh, yeah. Because, well, somebody's landlady sees that and says, well, I should be getting X hundred dollars oh, an acre, too. Golly. And doesn't understand that her ground isn't the same as right. that ground. But just because it's been in print and Prairie Farmer... That must be the going rate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to be very well, careful about it. Well, you are the Bible it. of ag wow. applications. <laughs> I don't know. But the thing is that, though, you know, those those cash rents and those land costs, you know, skyrocket upward rapidly, $15,000 mm-hmm. yeah. an acre, they come down much more slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. You know, our, that the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our writer friend, Jenny Latsky, who's out mm-hmm. in the Plains, she posted on Facebook this morning an NPR story about AFBF cautioning farmers to share their information with with companies like yes. John Deere that and Monsanto data okay oh, because of the prescription farming and she commented before she like when she posted she commented and she said you know one of the first things i learned as an ag journalist is not to walk onto a farmer's farm and ask him how many acres he farms mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know it's just that's such a a sensitive subject and then you look at the land prices now and you're just like this isn't for the next generation of farmers this is not penciling out mm-hmm. this this can't pencil out no not fifteen thousand dollars an acre I mean, no you're not even and you know it's something that. that i didn't get i didn't get that you didn't broadcast how many acres you farmed i didn't get that well you know i think that's a little bit regional too yeah you know because there will be places that will just over around it. our area people people talk about it's mm-hmm. not not bragging but it just is what it is, it is and i think is, part of it you know you look at a plat book you can figure it out <laughs> well and that's what i that's what i thought and like i was just interviewed this week and she asked me how many acres we farmed and like ours is a complicated arrangement i mean mm-hmm. our farm operation farms x amount but we actually benefit from x amount you know what i mean but i just give the general number because yeah. i figure we're all in it yeah. together give you know take. right give or take a thousand right no <laughs> just kidding um but but joe is kind of private about that he and oh, i don't and i think it's because it's not his family Hello, and it's not you know family. hi well we and have our friends family. college friends in southern illinois and he would tell you that is like asking how much money's in your wallet really you just would not do okay. not ask that so you know it's kind of one of those things you gotta Take with a grain of salt. Right, or just be a little careful about the situation. Yeah. But it will be interesting, and uh, I think online shopping is going to have to switch to online browsing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I put stuff okay. in a shopping bag and then just walk away. Yeah. And then look at it again and go, but I have something like that. It'll be okay. It's okay. And then have you noticed the weird thing? Um, Okay, if you look at something now, then the, all those ads appear. Yes. Every other website. Yeah, what's up with that? that shirt that I looked at somewhere three weeks okay, ago. Okay, I, because of, I mentioned in our last podcast about the Uggs, I decided, yes. okay, I'm not going to get Uggs. I'm going to instead go get some nice snow boots that yeah. I could wear. So I've been looking at, of course, the North Face. They've got really cute gray ones. Perfect. <laughs> of course, not in my size. And it's fine. I don't need to buy them. They're expensive. Um, and I have children to feed, evidently, because my son is ravaging <laughs> our cupboards. But um, now on the side of my Facebook feed, it's the yeah. it's the Shalista North Face boot that I keep looking at. Mm-hmm. It's always on there. It's a little freaky. I know. It's yeah. Big Brother. Yes. 
Yes. Brother. I can't handle it. I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. Remember back in December when you said this is going to be a normal, this is going to be a great year. Oh, Holly. That was her wish. Although we got to be careful. I do love your wish. Um, Roberts had said in that same presentation, you know, that he'd said for years we were one good crop away from $4 corn. And yeah. here, you go. here was 2013, which I wouldn't necessarily call a good year weather-wise. I mean, can you imagine it was if a good crop? Yeah, if we had had a good April and May, what <laughs> what the crop would have been like then, and then mm. what our prices would have been. So I thought about that. You know, here my wish was to have a normal year. We have a normal year. We're gonna have a huge crop. We're gonna it's have gonna be worth nothing. Three dollar corn. Yeah, or whatever. I don't know that. I'm not a market person. So don't <laughs> take that for anything. But it would. I think. It went back prices. Yikes. It will be interesting to see. You're both going to Commodity Classic. Yeah. We will talk about that here in a minute. But it will be interesting to see and feel how the industry is going to be looking at it from a policy standpoint. There's so much to talk about. Ethanol, mm-hmm. that whole thing. Commodity Classic is going to be interesting this year. Yeah, I think so. I think it will be interesting to see what the mood of people is there because definitely, you know, the meeting season so far this winter has been very um, bearish. Yeah, wary, I would say, yeah. of what's coming. Three to five years of lower corn prices. Like, this is not this is not just a dip, I think is what we're saying. This is going to be a battle. This is it for a while. Yeah. I'm interested just because it's going to be new for me. I've never been to anything like that before. And it'll be interesting to see all the different aspects of it and all of them getting together. And But you're so excited, San Antonio. You are going to be a speaker, Emily. I'm a panelist. Yeah, I'm really, like, I got that email and it was on one of those really cold days that all the kids were home and should have been at a school. And then I get this. And you could go and we would pay for you. I mean, I have worked as an educator and now in the nonprofit sector. Nobody pays for anything. I mean, <laughs> Nothing. You can say, I'm going to pay for your lunch, but you better be ordering a salad and that's it. <laughs> but yeah, I've been asked um, to speak on a panel of, uh, with some other bloggers, one from Northern Indiana and one from Kansas, um, two you Ag Media folks, um, as a part of Bear. And they're going to fly us down there and go. And I, I'm, I'm very interested because, again, I've never been to anything like that. I, I, I imagine I'll be quite overwhelmed. I mean, I haven't even been to our annual meeting for Farm Bureau. I mean, I've been a few days. So I think it'll just be a really eye-opening experience. And I am so honored to be considered to be on a panel, you know. But the questions they sent are very interesting. It's, you know, how is the ag media relating to you and how you know just interesting questions so i'm excited i think it's gonna be fun yeah you both rock i'm sad i get to i'm gonna miss the panel this year but it will be fun yeah yeah this is the first time i've been to the commodity classic in several years oh really well we send you know a handful of people from farm progress Mm -hmm. and i've been part-time you know up until here recently so i've gosh it was before kids were born even that i was there the last time so it's That'd gonna be, be fun. It'll be very fun. And the next time we visit, we, I want to hear all about it. Yay! We can do that. Yes. And before we go, we should do endorsements. <gasps> yes. So here we're talking about dialing back our household expenses, oh right? My God. <laughs> <laughs> and I had this picked out, so I'm gonna go ahead and say it anyway. Um, I. What month is this? January. So last spring. Um, my a great friend of mine from home we went to the hearts at home conference and we always go a night early and go shopping and eat and hang out well we were both kind of like we need someone to like 
tell us what to do with ourselves. <laughs> like, like makeup wise. Right. <laughs> so we basically went to the Ulta store mm. in Bloomington oh, and said, dangerous. Start me over. Like mm-hmm. I've done the same thing since high school <laughs> and I'm, what was I last year? 36, let's say, I think I was in <laughs> and said, yeah, like I need help. Start mm-hmm. me over. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. But one of the things that I got that day um, was this okay? Tarte is the brand T A R T E. I was not familiar with any Fabulous. of this. It was a whole Tarte. new world for mm-hmm. me of products. But this is like a finishing powder, so you put it on over your foundation or BB cream or whatever. Um, and this is called Tarte Smooth Operator Micronized Clay Finishing Powder, which sounds really fancy. But what it boils down to is this stuff like like locks your makeup in and it doesn't move. And I will tell you this, like ultimate endorsement it is farm progress show proof get out <laughs> so yeah at the farm progress show last year wednesday it was 100 and whatever of Your makeup course, because it's either a oh. thousand degrees above or a thousand uh, degrees exactly. below or raining and yeah <laughs> and i was standing there talking to a friend who um she was there with wiffles working with them and i said something about yeah my such and such powder I, there's no way it's gonna hold and she looked at me she's like no your makeup is all really there and i it was shocking because you know, by you got layers of yes, sweat so with dirt, Just with scanty. more sweat, uh-huh. with a little more dirt on top yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that's the endorsement that you know the makeup industry will not ever use. I'm impressed, but it relates to this crowd that it is farm <laughs> progress show proof right there. I love it. And Emily is cradling her endorsement like a baby because it's so beautiful. Because my son is starting to throw a tantrum. So I'll talk fast. Um, but I am going to San Antonio. I am trying to look more professional for my job. At, among other things. And I've been eyeing um, purses because my grandmother-in-law is a QVC crazy. She <laughs> loves QVC. So I always got purses from her. And she has really great choices. They're awesome. But they weren't me, you know. So anyway, yes. I thought I'd be a big girl this Christmas with my Christmas money. Buy myself a nice purse, a nice present. But I couldn't pull the trigger on the really super <laughs> duper ones. So I've been eyeing this one on Macy's.com and blah, blah, blah. But I wanted to hold it because I, you know, I haven't made a purse purchase sure. in such a long time. <laughs> so anyway, I go to Burgers with the girls and I see it. And it's a Michael Kors, which I adore. And I was willing to fork out the money. And it, w- it turned out to be 50% off, which I was so excited. But anyway, I adore it. It's perfect because it's like a, I don't know, what material is this? It's like a... I don't know. It's like nylon-y. Nylon-y, nylon-y. yeah. It's, like it's microfibery. Nice anyway, it's not like a big leather fancy one because I didn't want to, I don't know, take my grocery bill <laughs> for the month <laughs> and pay for my purse. But um, I'm excited because I think I can wear it on the plane and it's be good. Beautiful. And Yeah, and it's pretty. <laughs> so pretty. Carry what you need to carry. Carry what I need to carry. That's and right. look fashionable the whole time. I like it a lot. Yeah. Mine, I'm also wearing again. <laughs> but it's something that you wear all the time. I have a Fitbit. And it syncs up with your phone and it tracks your steps, your calories, water, anything and everything. I love it. Yeah, it's so nice. It's keeping me motivated because I need to keep track. And you can get fun, different bands. Yeah. It's been really good. So I'm learning. Does it have a watch on it? Or no, is it just a band? There's another one that has a watch on it. Yeah, there's another one. Because I'm a bit of a nut. Like, I like to have a, I wear a watch. All, all the, the time, time. yeah yeah and we did something i can't remember what it was though the brand like as a company they sent us these and i don't think it was a fitbit but i could be wrong but it annoyed me because i was trying to wear a watch and that at the same time mm-hmm. and it was too much see and i have one that i got at blog her 
Um, I, if anything, go to blog her for the free stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking. I've got a GPS watch and this Fitbit, whatever this is one is called, but I haven't done it because it's a clippy, and mm-hmm. I just have an issue. Like, I do not clip a cell phone to a belt. I drove me crazy when Joe used to do it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, quit clipping it your phone. It's a small one. It's a small like one. That. And I read, they're Could like, you can pocket. Clip, you can clip it in your in your bra. I'm like, oh. ah. no thanks. I mean, what if you lose it in your business and you're sitting in a meeting and you're trying to get your stuff out? I mean, or you've got like this thing poking out all of a sudden. That would happen to you. That no would offense to me. It would. I'd be presenting and all of a sudden, I have this little. <laughs> Hello, I'm a Fitbit. So anyway, <laughs> I haven't I haven't ventured out, but you've inspired me. I, I do my Fitness Pal, which is an app. Yes, I do that too. I do that, but don't ever do that after you've ordered at, at Chili's. I'm just going to throw that out there because I didn't realize how mm-hmm. much my bacon ranch quesadillas took up basically my whole calories yes. for the week. <laughs> so I would I be ordering a, those. Okay, this is totally digressing, but yes. I had a Chili's salad at the airport, yes. and it was like a quesadilla explosion, explosion salad. salad. Love that so salad. So good. No idea what the calories were on that. I did not check. Let's it. look it up. But it was so big. We better not. You know, if yeah. you only eat about half of it anyway. Yeah, but I don't. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't <laughs> stop the whole half. thing. It's either all or nothing for me, girls. <laughs> so you have that quesadilla explosion salad. You're like, I'm eating the salad, so of course I can eat this whole quesadilla that's around, around the salad. Yeah. Heck yeah, I the dressing really is nothing. I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, yes, it was dressing heavy. Yeah, it's oh. okay. It's good. Yes. Well, when you both get back from San Antonio, you're going to be warmer. Yes. Most important. Theoretically. Yes. Probably not tan. No. And less than 55 <laughs> days until spring. We can make it! We can make it! Okay, here's hoping. Oh my gosh. We're going to do it. Yep. Because we can. Because we have to. We do. Well, until we meet again. Absolutely. Stay warm. <laughs>